1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six
0: on 630 Chad. I haven't just circled January 13th on my calendar. I've covered it in chocolate sauce and yellow highlighter. That's going to be delicious. The national hockey league is coming back. It's coming back. January 3rd is when your Edmonton Oilers will hit the ice for training camp. January 13th is when the regular season will start. Now, we do not have a schedule at this point. Hopefully, we get that before Christmas. We do know, thanks to Oilers General Manager Ken Holland on a Zoom availability earlier today, that the two teams in the North Division who the Oilers will play 10 times each will indeed be the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks. They will play nine games each against Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal. Jim Matheson from Post Media, Hall of Fame writer, has tweeted out tonight that he believes it's going to be Oilers and Canucks in the first game of the season. Don't know what day that's going to be. The league starts on the 13th. That doesn't mean every single team is going to play on the 13th, but we will have NHL hockey games coming up pretty soon. That's the big news from over the weekend. We'll dive into that tonight. I mentioned Ken Holland spoke today. We'll look at some of the highlights from his conversations. He was uh, on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier. Then he held uh, a little bit while later a Zoom availability with Assembled Media. So we'll get to some of the key storylines that he talked about. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is on the show after the 6.30 news. The Nuge, he's back in town, was in Vancouver Drove into Edmonton yesterday, so because he drove, he does a five-day quarantine. Then he's going to get back on the ice here in Edmonton getting ready for training camp. And, of course, there's been some discussion here around Nugent Hopkins' next contract. His current deal expires at the end of the upcoming season. Jack Michaels will chime in tonight as well. And for the final time in 2020, the double E coaches show with Scott Milanovich and Morley Scott. That is coming up between 730 and 8. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D, W I L K I N S. You can call or text. It's the same number, 780-496-0063. And you can email inside sports at 630 com. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of this show for filling in hosting last week as uh, I took my final few days of holidays for the 2020 calendar. I went to some uh, exotic places last week during my time off. For example, the other corner of the park that's across from my street. Uh, I went to an area of my, uh, of my furnace room in the basement that I, I don't often visit. That was a, uh, Quite interesting. And uh, when I did have to go for a drive, I left through the north end of the alley instead of the south end. So I really did get to see some new places while I I was away. All right. So let's, let's break some stuff down here because Ken Holland did make some pretty significant revelations today during his media availabilities. And the first one, and this is really the headline today, what is going on with defenseman Oscar Klefbom?
2: I talked to Kleff a week ago. He's he's out. He he will not. He's out for 2021. He's exploring his options. His. Uh... Is uh, he's shooting for uh, trying to play? To, he's trying to be in camp in uh, in September. Um, shooting for the 21-22 season, and I know that uh, he's he's kind of, you know he's talking to some people whether he should have uh, shoulder surgery or uh, if he's better off to just get time off. But he definitely uh, will not be in camp. Will not play for the 2021 season, and um, he's hoping he's hoping to be ready for uh, for for next season.
0: All right. So we knew that was a very distinct possibility. It wasn't totally for sure in earlier conversations, and this is going back even to late September. Ken Holland had said he didn't expect to have Oscar Klefbaum on the uh, on the Oilers at the start of the season, and maybe for the whole year. So it does turn out to be for the entire season. Cleftbaum is out. You heard Holland say. Now we know that the the NHL wants to get back on calendar for the. 21 uh, sorry for the 2021 season so the one that's sorry i can't even keep track of the years anymore damn pandemic for for the season that's going to start in september of of uh 2021 that's when clefbaum wants to be back i did find it noteworthy today though that holland said oscar clefbaum has not yet had surgery which potentially if that keeps getting delayed and then he decides to have surgery Into the new year, does that even affect his availability for next fall? But for the time being, we take Holland at his word: no cleft bomb to at all for the upcoming 56 game season plus playoffs, and then should have cleft bomb when they get back into September. So that's what the NHL wants to do. They want to be back on calendar for September 2021, which means training camp starting around the 15th. You You know the key dates coming up: January 3rd camp. January 13th, the game start. The trade deadline will be April 12th, usually right around when the playoffs start. Last day of the regular season, May 8th. So the Stanley Cup gets handed out probably second week of July. And then it's going to be crazy the last week of July. The expansion draft for the Seattle Squids is on July 21st. The NHL draft is July 23rd and 24th. Free agency is July 28th. That's going to be nuts. Then August will probably be a bit of downtime and they come back for training camp. So that's the situation there. We have Rocket ready to chime in on the open line this evening. Rocket, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Oh, it's Robert. I apologize. I have to learn how to read text messages properly, Robert. Go ahead. Uh, Hey, Reed, How's it going? Good. Oh, I have a... I have a couple of thoughts on
3: on the uh, on the new season, particularly on the Oilers. I think we I think they're uh, I think they're a little bit deeper up front, like with the addition of Curse and Cahoon. And no, I th- so I th- I think that'll help. But I mean, obviously, I think we'll miss Palm on the back end. But I think the uh, the
0: addition of Barry I think will help too. So, I yeah. agree with you there. Now, where do you stand on Yessi Puliyarvi? Though I think Taurus and Cahoon can come in and do some good work. Where do you stand on Puliyarvi? Well, I mean, you know what? I mean,
3: I think he. Could, I mean, I think if he, I think he starts in the bottom six, obviously third or third or fourth line, and then you know, and then uh, give him a chance to prove himself and uh, and work his way up. Which I mean, I, I mean. I truly believe he can i think he may I, I mean i think by maybe maybe by the midway point of the season maybe maybe he makes it into the top six okay and then uh no, mm-hmm. what's uh, mm-hmm. uh, well and then as far as the as far as the goaltending goes i mean you know what i think i think with uh smith and koskinen i think they can i think they can both do the job they've proven that i mean smith Last year only only really had the one off month, which was in December. So, I mean, I think uh, I think ultimately the goaltending I I I I want to say it's fine. And then you know, but and then but we do we do do have the option to maybe put in Forsberg if we
0: need him. Yeah, yeah, he could he could maybe be a, a bit of a good number three guy if they need somebody. Robert, it's nice to hear from you again, buddy. We're going to be talking a lot of hockey. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks, Reed. All right, that is Robert, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So no cleft bomb. That is a blow. Barry, I'm pretty confident on what Barry can bring to the team. I think the power play, and again, I know a lot of people think I'm crazy. I think the power play has the potential to maybe even be a little better than it was last year at 29.5%. I understand the concerns about some of Barry's defending and five-on-five play. Uh, but I know I've talked to some people as well who have said, Reed, he's not nearly as bad as he gets painted. And don't forget, he was a lot better in Toronto after they made the coaching change. He played uh, a lot better under Keefe than he did under Babcock. So some things to keep in mind. But having said that, the Oilers still might need to round out the defense score a little bit. You can look down the right side and you see Ethan Baer. We'll talk more about him later on tonight. You see Adam Larson. You see Tyson Berry. On the left side, you see Darnell Nurse. He'll have to take on more responsibility. You see Caleb Jones. He'll have to take on more responsibility. You got the old battleship Chris Russell back there. What about maybe adding somebody for a little left shot depth? Well, Stoffer asked Holland today, do you want to bring in somebody on a professional tryout contract?
2: Well, we do want to try to get to as close to those numbers as we can—the 36 skaters. I know that one of the things that uh, Dave Tippett wants to do um, is we want to have some scrimmages. We want to have some games, some game. You know, with no preseason games, we want to we want to have some game, some game. Uh, you know, some games, some some preseason, our own internal preseason games. So um, uh, we can also. I don't see us inviting any NHL forwards to camp. I, I, we've got all the forwards signed that we need. Maybe we maybe we bring uh, a couple of players up from Bakersfield that are on American League contracts to, 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 to fill out. And I think, uh, you know, certainly on the defense end, I'm I'm, I'm exploring uh, I'm exploring options as to what we do. But uh, we we do want to bring as close to those numbers as we can to uh, so we can play some games.
0: Yeah, thirty six. Players can be in camp, not counting goaltenders, 36 skaters. And when he says playing some games, he means internal scrimmages. There will be no preseason, no exhibition games against other NHL teams. But Dave Tippett and the coaching staff want to be able to have pretty much full-fledged scrimmages where players can get out there and be really competitive against each other. So... He said, you know, forwards, we should be fine. Maybe you can include a couple Bakersfield Condors forwards in that number. But it sounds like if there is going to be some sort of roster change before the season, it would be to round out the defense. And I think we can assume probably the left side. On the right side, now here's another storyline to follow between now and the start of camp. Ethan Bear, restricted free agent defenseman, does not have a contract. Holland gave the update.
1: I'm always concerned um, until you get a deal done. Um, uh, you know, we've had talks. We've had talks. Uh, um, I've had. Uh, you know, Bill Scott has a real relationship with with Ethan's agent, so I've got Bill Scott uh, um, really being the point person. Um, you know, we've had we've had a number of talks. We, we got to get at it now. We got to get at it. Certainly, certainly. You know, Ethan's not in Edmonton, is my understanding, and uh, I'm not sure where. I know I think he was out. He was outside of Edmonton, so certainly in order to be ready for day one of camp um, on the ice, you got to be in Edmonton on the 26th of December, and and then you've got the eight days of quarantining. You know, day one, three, five, and seven. Uh, You got to get tested and four negative tests in day eight. So if you go from uh, December 26th in eight days is around January the 3rd. So certainly, um, got to try to find a a solution to get him. I would like him in camp. I'd like him signed. I'm sure, sure the player and the agent wants the same the same thing. We've got to find something that you know. I say the same thing, Jason. Got to find something that works for the player and works for works works for the club. And I'm prepared to do, you know, whether it's one year, two year, three year. We haven't talked anything other than one or two or three years. Um, So hopefully, we can find a solution and get him into camp. He's an important part of our team.
0: So maybe a one-year deal, maybe a two or a three. I think this could very well turn out to be a one-year deal, probably for not a lot of money, maybe a million dollars max. I mean, the Oilers don't have a lot of room under the cap. Yes, the potential to put Clef bomb on LTIR, but as we talked about, maybe they're going to look to add even another veteran defenseman and maybe that's maybe that's a good situation for bear if he comes out and has a great season then maybe he's uh he's in line for for a big raise once we get into late july and early august so that's a storyline i think we're going to see play out into uh next week and into the early part of the new year ethan bear getting a new deal and hopefully getting to camp for the start of the season all right 780-496-0063 if you want to call or text like i said the new is coming up Between 6.30 and 7, one-on-one chat with him. It's Inside Sports on Chet. a lot for tuning in don't forget to go to 63 shed.com globalnews.ca for all the latest on the Oilers I do have a full story up there on Ken Holland's comments today and we're going over some of those on the show tonight Monday night football is underway the Steelers and the Bengals two and a half minutes into the first quarter no score though obviously the Steelers at 11 and two heavily favored against the two 10 and one Bengals I have a text here from Don who says What does Premier Ford's close down order in Ontario mean for the Leafs and the Senators? Well, Don, you may not like this answer because I don't have a complete one for you, but it is I don't know. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet, who we had on this show a couple of weeks ago, he's always great to talk to, put out this earlier today on social media. Ontario Premier Doug Ford, moments after announcing he's enacting a province-wide shutdown, says, quote, no decision has been made on whether the Leafs and Senators will be allowed to play games at home in January. Now, it's being worked on. Uh, I, To me, through all this, I, I think the one province that might turn out to be uh, a, a hang-up about this, in my mind, most likely would be British Columbia. Maybe the Canucks have to start the year as a, a bit of a travelling band or you know might have to wait a few weeks before being able to play their games at home. Don relevant point, uh, I don't have a full answer for you there. I don't I don't think people who work with the NHL have quite full answers for you yet, but I'm glad you brought it up. It's definitely something that needs to be considered. Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health. She commented today on talks with Oilers and Flames to play their seasons in their home rinks.
2: I've been having conversations with my colleagues across the country as this isn't just an Alberta decision. Of course, the decision involves all those locations that have NHL teams. Uh, And so the critical piece is that we're able to find a path forward that ensures that public health is protected. And that's the, the work that we're in right now.
0: Okay, so basically she's saying that they're working on it I I think that they want to make it work. They made it work in the bubble environment in the summer in Edmonton and Toronto. And everything, I mean, Ken Holland talked about it today. I'm sure you read stories over the weekend with the various people writing about it that if, yes NHL players might travel but then they would pretty much have to stay in their hotels they, they would go to the rink for morning skates and games but they'd have to stay in their hotels for, for meals no going out for supper no going out to the, to the pub or to the bar to hang out or, or anything like that so it wouldn't necessarily be in a bubble but they try to control them and obviously limit their contact with the outside world so that where that stands so personally I think BC is the biggest hang up and I think if I had to pick one team in Canada that wouldn't be playing games in its home rink especially to start the season i would pick the canucks but we'll see where that goes and i appreciate you asking that question don for sure the big l says read under this format i'm assuming it's going to take somewhere between 67 and 70 points to make the playoffs that's something the oilers achieved annually for a long long time lol now they need to do it in 56 games that's pretty good big l who also says if they can come out of the gate strong avoid those characteristic stinkers against teams they should be like ottawa and the goalie tandem doesn't leak beyond a game or two, then they stand a chance. Division's going to be fun. Division's going to be fun. Uh, I do agree, Big L. Ottawa's probably going to finish last, though I think they'll be competitive. Remember this. Neither the Senators nor the Maple Leafs have ever lost a game in Rogers' place. Both Ontario teams are 4-0 and in the new building since it opened. So, That trend will have to change if the Oilers are going to be a contender this season. All right, we got a break for the news and weather. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins on Inside Sports. Let me get back. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Updated on this epic Monday nighter between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, scoreless. Five and a half minutes into the first quarter, we're going to talk to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's going to join us in. Uh, well, I'll say less than five minutes. Pretty soon, we'll bring you the nudge. Jack Michaels between seven and seven thirty, and seven thirty to eight tonight for the final time in twenty twenty. The Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic and Morley Scott, the Canadian Football League, hoping to get things back on track in 2021. And our Double E -E team here in Edmonton, inching towards a new name. I think we can expect something there in the spring. Ken Holland spoke today, GM of the Edmonton Oilers. He was on with Bob Stauffer, Oilers Now from noon to 2. Get that full interview by going to the Oilers Now podcast, wherever you get your podcast or the show page on our station website now players have that they are allowed to opt out of this season if they're not comfortable playing under these circumstances the deadline for that is december 27th and uh stauffer asked about that or maybe any players not coming to camp We've
2: got a couple of situations of players that either uh, they've been in close contact with COVID or we're not sure if they've got COVID, and that okay. will affect. They've got a. If they're outside the country, they're going to need to, to remain. Um, as an example, I know that Gaeta Haas on December the 14th played in a game in the Swiss League, and there was a number of players in that game that, that had COVID and he was in close contact. So he cannot be on a plane until the 28th or the 29th of December what <laughs> And then when he gets to uh, Edmonton, he needs to quarantine again for, for eight days. Uh, so I know that uh, Gaetan Haas will not be on the ice at the start of training camp. I don't believe he's got COVID, but he was in close contact, and and he's got to abide by all the rules. So I know we got we might have another player too. I'm just trying to get all the, all the information. So uh, you know, beyond beyond the COVID situation, um, you know, I have got nobody told me that they've got at this stage of the game. I don't have anybody. Nobody's told me that they're planning to opt out. I haven't got any calls from players or their agents thinking that they're opting out. So uh, it's just about about the, the quarantining and certainly, uh, you know, to any of our players. And I know that we've got, obviously, lots of players are going to be flying commercial. Certainly, I've got my fingers crossed that we can get them all into Edmonton. And, you know, you, you, you think about the airports and traveling over the Christmas holidays. You, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a concern. So hopefully, we get good luck on getting our players in. Edmonton and and, uh, nobody can get traveling in.
0: Okay, so that's significant. No Gaetan Haas, at least for the start of camp, because of some travel restrictions and quarantine time. And you heard Ken Holland say maybe there could be another player somehow affected by that. So we'll have to follow along with that. Another storyline to keep an eye on the Ethan Bear contract, maybe adding uh, another depth defenseman as we uh, move through all of this. All right, one guy. who has become an incredibly popular player during his nine seasons with the Edmonton Oilers. He is back in town. Ryan Nugent Hopkins joins me now on Inside Sports. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for checking in on the show. Often at this time of year, we're talking about the halfway point of the season, but now we're starting about the season starting soon. <laughs> How are you feeling now? We finally have a start date for training camp and the regular year.
4: Uh, yeah for sure it's uh been obviously a different time but um I know we're all excited to to hear the news that it's uh we got the green light here and get things started so um <clears throat> I know everybody's geared up and ready to go so uh yeah it's uh it's fun to finally get the uh the go ahead and uh now we can get things rolling here
0: Tell us a little bit about how you've been staying ready uh, i mean I know you're on the west coast so Guys, were kind of waiting, waiting, waiting for the call. Uh, how are you feeling? What have you been doing to stay in shape?
4: Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's been it's been pretty good for me. It's um, I've basically been doing a normal off season program. I mean, uh, in the gym and on the ice. So um, nothing really has changed there. And that's uh, other than other than those two things. I mean, um, can't do a whole lot with the shutdowns and the restrictions going on. But uh, yeah, as far as training. As far as training wise, I've been uh, doing the same kind of stuff. So, been lucky that way that uh, Vancouver didn't shut down uh, too much,
0: too many of the facilities and stuff for skating and whatnot. Okay. Well, we, we know some details about how the year is going to look. It's, well, it's being called the North Division, but it's an all Canadian division. This, this is pretty unique. I mean, you know what it's like when it's an all Canadian matchup. There are usually fans of the visiting team. When a Canadian team comes to Rogers place, when the Oilers travel, there's, there's usually support for you guys on the road. I know that fan element will be missing, but there's always that increased tension. I think when it's a Canadian team against another Canadian team. So what do you think of a whole year of that?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's uh I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's uh, obviously we're going to get to know these these teams really well by the end of the season. I think uh, we're playing them either nine or ten times. So uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, there's going to be intense games. Obviously, shortened seasons uh, um, usually bring out uh, more intensity, especially early in the year. I mean, there's not a whole lot to save it for. Not the 82 game schedule. So um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think. I think I don't know for sure, but I assume it's kind of the first time in – league history that has been an all-canadian division so it's uh pretty cool to be a part of that but um definitely like you said it's going to be interesting going into some of these buildings like uh, the bell center in montreal and and not having fans there so it's uh that'll be a little bit of an adjustment but we did get used to that in the bubble a little bit
0: and usually you play the Flames four or five times in a season. It's going to be 10. Ken Holland revealed that today. That'll be the Flames and the Canucks that you guys get 10 times. The Battle of Alberta clearly ramped up last year with Cassie and Kachuk, Talbot, Smith. I mean, can you imagine playing the Flames 10 times in, in the span of about uh, you know three and a half, four months? uh yeah i think it's
4: gonna um they're gonna be intense games for sure um <clears throat> well i, I bet we'll, it'll build off of last season like you said but um and then again we're playing all these other teams nine or ten times too so it's gonna be there's gonna be some new rivalries come up for sure and um i think every game is gonna be intense out there and uh i think early in the season you kind of got to set the tone with your energy energy level and uh kind of establish establish ourselves early so it's a uh, yeah, I mean, for sure, the Battle of Alberta will be uh, be fun as usual. But um, like I said, I think uh, playing every team this many times is going to be uh, there's, it's going to be intense, and uh, there's going to be some heat in the games for sure.
0: Ryan Nugent-Hopkins joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Ken Holland also passed on some pretty significant news today as well, Ryan, and that is Oscar Clefbaum will not play this season. Um, man, I, I know as a pro athlete, you've you've dealt with injuries to yourself and to teammates. That's, that's just part of the gig. But can you just uh, kind of take me through your emotions here finding out you won't have Oscar for this season?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean... Um... I've been talking to oscar uh quite a bit about it uh well i mean it's kind of it's been an ongoing thing so it's uh it's something that he's got to take care of himself and um more than anything i mean obviously we're we're gonna miss him as uh as a d-man a solid d-man there back back there for us but more than anything just feel bad for him i mean he's uh been a guy who's uh been around as long as i have and um obviously become really good friends with him so i just uh um it's tough to see him Having to to miss a full season like this, I just uh, obviously hope that he uh, recovers well and um, uh, and and feels good uh, after this whole process. So um yeah, I mean, we're gonna miss him absolutely in the dressing room on the ice, but I think more than anything, um, we're all just wishing him the best and uh, the best recovery he can have.
0: Now on the back end, a player has been added who's a, a very good player. That's Tyson Berry. Who probably is going to jump in on the power play he's had some prolific offensive seasons i don't know if you know tyson at all uh, away from the rink but t- tell me a little bit about what you think he can he can add to the Oilers.
4: um yeah i mean obviously a very very skilled player um he knows when to jump uh jump up in the rush i think uh, that's going to be a lot of fun playing with him as uh, a lot of the time he can be a fourth forward beat, beat guys up the ice and stuff so um, I do know him a little bit, uh, off the ice, but yeah, it's, it's going to be fun having him around and obviously a, an experienced guy in the league too. And, um, yeah, I, I think if he, uh, gets a chance to, to, um, man, the power play back there, it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, we'll have some, we'll find some success. So, uh, yeah, it's, a lot of, quite a few new additions that, uh, we're all really excited for
0: yeah if, what about kyle turris probably gonna ken mentioned today probably slot in as a third line center kind of a position you guys have been looking for some production out of the the, the last uh, the last two seasons
4: yeah i mean uh, again uh, an experienced player in this league and um has always put up good numbers he's solid uh, both ends of the rank and um yeah like i said the experience i think is going to definitely help us uh um, our whole team so um, right hand shot too uh, for those important faceoffs, and he's uh, he's definitely really good in the in the face-off circle so um, another good addition for us and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what he can bring for us as well
0: Ryan want to touch on a couple other things with you here the world juniors are set to go at Rogers place the Canadian team looking pretty good going into into this tournament you were a member of uh, of a world junior squad uh in russia you guys undefeated through the round robin and uh, and you wound up finishing fourth after a couple of tough games when it got to the playoffs but how do you, how do you look back on that experience now that, that you're a little older
4: um well, i mean uh, as an experience overall getting to play for uh uh, Canada and the world Juniors was always something that I dreamed of doing growing up um, I was actually it worked out in my favor that we kind of had a we had a lockout that year, so I got to go as a nineteen year old and um the overall experience bonding with the guys getting to know some of these players um was was awesome for me it was amazing but um overall <laughs> the the feeling that I have looking back is a little bit of disappointment just uh not getting a medal obviously you go in there and, and being a Canadian team, you, you expect to win gold. And, um, we didn't get that done. So it, uh, it, it definitely is, uh, I still, I still look back and it's, uh, it, it stings a little bit for sure. But, um, I mean, it, it wasn't a lack of trying, uh, on anybody's part. It just, uh, didn't work out for us. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I'll still be watching this year and, uh, definitely cheering the team on.
0: What would you say to the kids if you got, 30 seconds in the dressing room with them before a game or before practice?
4: Um, I mean, obviously enjoy it. Uh, it's once in a lifetime for most of these guys. And um, I mean, it, it might add a little bit more pressure, but I think these guys like it. But uh, all of Canada is watching. I mean, every 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 Christmas, right after Christmas, you know, the World Juniors is coming on. So I, uh, especially in this country, um, everybody loves it. And uh, we take a lot of pride in that team.
0: Okay, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, you're on Inside Sports. I, I should touch on this as well. Ken Holland, in, in October, around draft and free agency, mentioned there had been some talks with uh, with your agent about a possible contract extension as you go into the final year of your deal. I asked him about it today. He said there, there hasn't been some talks in a while, but obviously, uh, you know, he's hoping that that you'll be back here. Uh, well, you're back for this season and be an Oiler well beyond that. How, how, are, how are you feeling about that? Is there anything... You can tell me your fans just about going through this this process and and uh, hopefully finding a new deal here.
4: Uh, yeah. I, uh, just like uh, Ken said, I mean, we there has been a bit of talk in the past. Um, obviously a, a weird, uh, different time to be uh, talking contracts, but um, yeah, it's the kind of the world we're in right now. So, um, this the way it is, but uh at, this, at the same time right now i'm just focused on getting the season started and uh um in my mind i mean i know it's there but i'm gonna put it on the back burner and just really focus on getting uh getting the season going and uh and getting started the right way on uh with the team here and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to to join the guys on the ice the next week or so and um yeah like i said that's that's definitely my primary focus right now
0: okay Well, Ryan, thanks for checking in. It's nice to talk hockey with you, and hopefully we're going to have a few chances to do this throughout the year as well. Thanks for coming on Inside Sports. Merry Christmas to you and your family. You as well, Reed. Thanks for having me. Right on. That is the Nuge. So no update on contract talks. I think that, as Nuge said, they want to get the season going. I know a lot of you are anxious, eager. You want to find out the Nuge is going to stick around. I think he will, but as as he alluded to there, the environment has changed. Things have changed with the financial situation in the nhl how things are going to look with the cap moving forward so i think there will be some some details to iron out but uh, i i know we'll get to the ken holland clip on this situation after the break i i did see some people speculating that there there might be some some issues with this i i i don't see that i don't hear that in any of the in any of the comments I, i understand maybe you might be nervous about it um i think they got to get ethan baird done here that's a priority for camp and then i think he can work on Nuge throughout the season 780-496-0063 if you want to check in monday night football three and a half left in the first quarter the bengals have the lead they're up three nothing on the steelers back after the break bomb will not play in the upcoming season. Gaetan Haas in close contact with players with COVID-19 in Switzerland, so he has to go through some quarantine here. He can't fly to Edmonton yet, so he's not going to be on the ice for the start of training camp. Drake Kajula, the former Edmonton Oiler who spent last season with the Chicago Blackhawks, has uh, signed on with the Arizona Coyotes. He gets a one-year one-year contract. So, all the best to uh, Drake up This he starts a new chapter in his career. You know, it's uh, it's going to be fun with the Canadian division. I did see something a little curious uh, on the weekend. Well, I, I found it curious. Maybe people will just think it's silly. But there's a gentleman here. Uh, his name is Sean Tierney. He's on Twitter at Charting Hockey. Now, Sean is uh, the director of analytics for the Hamilton Bulldogs in the Ontario Hockey League, and he was tweeting out simulations of the upcoming NHL regular season. And he had the uh, the, the I guess the North Division. I got to get used to calling it that. They didn't call it the Canadian Division; they called it the North Division. He had the North Division pretty close. A matter of fact, he only had seven points separating second place. From 6th place. He had Ottawa a little further behind. He had Winnipeg with 62 points. Edmonton and Montreal both with 60 points. And then he had Calgary and Vancouver with 55 out of the playoffs. What was curious was the separation he had at the top of the division. Now, I don't know what he used for the simulation. But he had the Toronto Maple Leafs going 42-8-6 for 90 points in 56 games. If that happens... I will fill every pothole in the city of Edmonton with toothpaste. If the Leafs or any other team gets 90 points in the regular season, 42-8-6. and six, uh, I mean, he has Detroit as likely the worst team in the league. He has Ottawa as the worst team in the North Division. If the Leafs played Ottawa 56 times, they probably wouldn't win 42. So I don't know what criteria is being used for that. I just uh, This isn't me trolling the Leafs because I think they're going to have a very good team. I, I think they're going to finish in the top three in the division. A lot of people think they're going to win it. Yeah, I think like a lot of the Canadian teams, they have some really pronounced strengths. I do think they have some weaknesses that turn out, could turn out to be pretty devastating. I, I would say the same thing about the Oilers or, or the Flames or the Canucks for that matter. But 42, 8, and 6, like that's 135 points if you play 82 games. So I don't know where that that comes from, but I think sometimes all these simulations and all this paper hockey goes a little too far. And that was my point a couple of months ago when two voters, and it was only two voters, revealed that they didn't vote for Leon Dreisettle for the Hart Trophy. And when I say didn't vote, I don't mean didn't pick him first place. Because you know what? Nathan McKinnon had a great season. Connor Hellebuck, yeah, he won the Vesna. You could make an argument. Maybe he just should have won the Hart as well. Panarin was awesome. I get it. But to not have the leading scorer in the NHL, even in your top five for the Hart Trophy, I don't get it. And that's where I think some of the analytics people take it too far. They focus so many on these detailed little stats that they detract, that, that they ignore something that's really important. And that is ultimately results matter the outcome of the game matters actually getting goals and assists matter yes it's great to have zone time and it's great to get a lot of shots on goal they've they they got to go in though for your team to actually be good like i feel that that some people have taken the analytics so far and a lot of it started in baseball which starts with a very simple showdown one-on-one so it's easier to quantify that showdown but you know when you say a player with a good Corsi is better than a player with a ton of points that's like saying in baseball a guy who hit 40 balls that died at the, rain, the the warning track and got caught is better than the guy that hit 20 home runs i mean at some point you have to acknowledge the home runs are the ones that actually count because they're clearing the fence all right rant over well for now because I have to break for the news. Speaking of ranting, I have no idea where this is going to go. Jack Michaels coming up. Double E football team coaches show is then between 7.30 and 8 with Scott Milanovich and Morley Scott. 780-496-0063 if you'd like to chime in back after the break.
1: 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.